Like, I, I, as I was saying, I don't want to get into the details, uh, but as we were leaving a doctor's appointment yesterday, my, my kid says, uh, and I was, I was just like, I don't understand. I just think, like, the doctors see patients as just an object. Like, yeah. And they've got their little, you know, checklist that they go down through. And once they've mm-hmm. checked off a certain number of boxes, it's like, oh, here's, they don't listen. They don't see it. They don't see the patient as a person. They see it as an object. And I was just complaining. And he just goes, yeah, but they're all heroes. See, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about a boogie book and I'm going to play one. So the question was, uh, first of all, our healthcare system screwed up. And the question was, why is it anytime anything in, ends in system, it's just screwed up? And the answer is, all our problems are systemic. <laughs> and this is better off dad with Paul and Steve <laughs> trying to figure out how to do the right thing when things are hard. <laughs> all the systems are screwed up. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the violence inherent within the system. <laughs> Now you see the violence inherent within the system. I think this is the third uh, episode in a row where we've mentioned that. Yeah. Thing. It's always that one specific point in that movie, too. Yeah. <laughs> help, help. I'm being repressed. Which I don't understand. How does one get repressed? I don't even know. Anyway, I, I don't know how anybody with a straight face who's ever interacted with the healthcare system, speaking of systems, Mm-hmm. can say it it's working yeah like this is not the system we would have designed if we were designing it from scratch and every commercial you ever see for uh something that could help you seems like we wouldn't need it if they actually did it right the first time <laughs> it's like was the, there's some sort of all, like easy diagnosis thing you can do through amazon and i'm like why yeah. Why can't I just go to my doctor? <laughs> you know, if 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 it just worked the way it was supposed to, you wouldn't need this stupid thing, right? I if if we were in a room with a whiteboard, right, and we're mm. trying to design the system, what I have figured out is an awful lot of what doctors do is go through the checklist mm-hmm. and just go through. And a lot of times it leads 80% of the time, it leads to a somewhat correct answer, mm-hmm. which is you need this medication you need this treatment you need these further tests or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know how. And we, we, <laughs> okay. Now we're hitting on the conversation I had recently. <laughs> <laughs> if you are Okay. Doctors generally aren't solving puzzles and solving problems. 
right? They're right. not generally looking at a whole set of circumstances, symptoms, and all that stuff, and then going, therefore, we, here's how we, we got to solve this problem, right? We're going to work together. I'm going to look at you as a human being, as an individual person with individual uh, wants, needs, incentives, um, and all that stuff, and we're going to figure this out together. That's not generally what doctors do. Mm -hmm. I think the doctors that maybe come close to that are ER doctors. Yeah. Somebody yeah. presents in the emergency room with some set of symptoms and you're immediately trying to solve a problem, right? You're trying yeah. to go, okay, yeah. here's here's the information I have. Here's additional information I need. What do I know about this person? Are they conscious, not conscious? What were they doing when this happened? And you're solving a puzzle. Mm -hmm. Those guys are master, like they deserve every penny they get, right? They're al almost as good as veterinarians. Yeah, right? <laughs> But the doctor I went to, because, so I, you know, my family doctors, like, does the blood work, or whatever, oh, your testosterone's on the low end. I'm like, okay, what do we do about that? He's like, well, refer you, this is a lot of what doctors do. I'll refer mm -hmm. you to a urologist. I'm like, why? He's like, because that's what they do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> I refer yeah, you to the urologist. You. <laughs> <laughs> would you like, a, would you like some vaccinations? <clears throat> Me. Yeah, and then when you say you don't want the flu vaccination, they're like, really? What? Well, I got to write that down. I have to write down that you mm -hmm. refused it. I'm like, why'd you even bring it up? <laughs> One day uh, when they asked, did I want a vaccination? I said, sure. What do you got? And they're like, well, we got flu. Looks like you're due for tetanus. You want both? And I was like, sure. Oh, do you have the uh, shingles one? They're like, yeah, we got the shingles one. So give me that one too. And then uh, there was a fourth one. I forget what the fourth one was. Oh, pneumonia. They're like, we got pneumonia too. I was like, whatever you got, top top off all my fluids. Whatever <laughs> you got. Nice little cocktail. And they're like, you sure you want them all? I was like, well, why not? Why wouldn't I want them all? And they're like, okay. And they gave them all to me. They're done. They're like, you probably don't want to do anything the rest of the day. And I'm like, why not? <laughs> well, you just got four shots. You know, any one of them could. It's like, was that something you think maybe you should have told me before you gave me all four shots? <laughs> like all you yeah. said is, "Are you sure?" And I'm like, oh, "I get, yeah, sure. What? Why wouldn't I be right?" Mm -hmm. Anyway, I was out for two days after those yeah. four shots. Yeah, I imagine so. I got the referral to the urologist, right? And they said, uh, "You know, this is uh, the second year in a row that you are um, your testosterone's low. Why didn't you go to the urologist last time?" And I was like. And the reason they're asking is it's on their checklist to see if I'm refusing treatment, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, what do you mean last time? And they said, oh, well, we gave you a referral to a urologist last time. And I was like, well, that's news to me, right? Yeah. So, oh, so I had the, a conversation like that. <laughs> the system, right? Yeah. They put something in their system and yeah. it goes out into La La Land or wherever it goes. Yep. And nothing happens. And then it's on me because I didn't follow up on their referral. Well, this might answer some of it. I mean, I don't know if it, I mean, I'm sure this isn't a hundred percent of why this happens, but um, years ago, I had I took Arla to a, the doctor because she was she's had stomach issues her whole life, and the uh, the the doctor wanted a um, what do like a GI or whatever they call it to check out her stomach, you know, and we come back in. So anyway, so back back up. We go into the office to talk about the stomach and he's looking at, he's looking at the charts and he's like, why did you, and he's, he's like a very smooth, calm, 
Like, he's, he, just talking to the guy makes you feel good about yourself. He's like, why did you not follow up on your GI? And we're like, I what now? And he goes, I I scheduled, I look through his paperwork, I scheduled you for to get to get this test. And I'm like, uh, no, no, you didn't. Because, you know, I'm a grown-ass man. I'm not going to sit here and lie about it. He's like, will you excuse me for a minute? I'm like, sure. That walks out of the office, closes the door. Dude turned into the dad from a Christmas story. He went out. He, he, he went out and yelled at somebody. <laughs> then came back in, just like sits back down, and we start talking again. And later that day, I got a phone call. Set up the appointment. So the last one he wanted to set up, somewhere between his mouth and my phone, there was a disconnect. Somewhere between his mouth and your phone. <laughs> so oh, maybe and... that might be part of it. I think I, I always think it's interesting and in that like you go into a doctor's office and I th- this goes back to office space. The whole <laughs> speech about how much time you spend actual work you spend in the office. And well, Bob, I'd say in th- any given week, I probably do about 15 minutes of actual work. I don't know, right? I don't know <laughs> what what where the correlation is, but I, I have my suspicions. But regardless of how many people are in the waiting room, all right, could be packed. It could be me and some of someone else. The five or six people on the other side of the glass are moving just as fast. Yeah. So <laughs> there's obviously a disconnect somewhere. Well, the, and the doctor's time is precious because he's a delicate genius. <laughs> like George said in Seinfeld, oh, you're a delicate genius. <laughs> um, right. So uh, so I get the referral to the urologist, but it goes to, it, it's then on me. I get this call and they're just like, all right, we have this referral. When do you want to come in? Like, well, you know, what do you got? It's like, you got to schedule your time around their time. I get to the urologist, right? I'm sitting there and he's like, okay, what do we got going on? I was like, uh, low testosterone. It's like, how low is it? I'm like, how the hell should I know? I went and I got the, I got the test done. He's like, huh? Well, I'm not seeing it here. I was, so I get my phone out. <laughs> Tap, 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 tap. I'm like, it's right here. I'm mm-hmm. logged into their system. Here's the number. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's kind of low. All right. So what do you want to do? I was like, what do you got? I guess. <laughs> here we go like, again. What do you got? Like, well, let me just tell you a little bit about what I do. I was like, well, this is great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Never had a doctor do that before. There's an, right? there's an honest man here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> He's like, so I see people, people come in here. I I probably put in about 15 minutes of work. <laughs> yeah. This guy, once I've done, he fits that perfectly. He goes, <laughs> people come in here and they're either having uh, issues in the bedroom or they have low testosterone, low energy. Issues in the bedroom, I prescribe erectile dysfunction drugs. Issues with low testosterone, energy and stuff, I prescribe 
testosterone supplement. That's the two things I do. Are you having any trouble in the bedroom? I was like, define trouble. No. I, was like, no. <laughs> I mean, I can't like, get the, I can't fold a, a fitted sheet to save my life. Does that count right? as trouble? <laughs> Does that count? Getting that last, like I got three pillowcases on one pillow and getting that last one on there, it's because yeah. I stink. So there's like layers to keep the yeah. actual pillow from getting stinky. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's like, no, I don't work. I don't work on that kind of trouble in the bedroom. I hit my shin every time I walk around the front of the bed. I got no trouble in the bedroom, but backyard, kitchen, uh, in the car on the way to, <laughs> to the family reunion, all kinds of trouble. Anyway, so I was like, no, 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 that's not why I'm here. He's like, okay, testosterone it is. Do you want shots or cream? I was like, mm, what's better? He's like, do you like shots? I was like, not generally. Do you, can you give I'm yourself a shot? Shots. I don't. I don't he's do like, shots anymore. That's he's like, sounds like cream for you. Like, like, okay. I was like, what's this going to do for me? He's, he's like, well, it'll make your testosterone level in the normal range. Okay. What will that do for me? He's like, I don't know. He's just like, what are some of your symptoms? I was like, <laughs> uh, low energy, depression, anxiety. Uh, you know, um, concentration, sometimes I have trouble concentrating, blah, blah, blah. all symptoms of 80,000 different other things, right? Including yeah. trauma. Um, and he goes, oh, yeah, it'll help all that. <laughs> what is, does he got a snake oil wagon out back? Hey, he's got the miracle <laughs> cure. <It'll, laughs> he's like, how's your sleeping? I was like, I don't know. It's not great. My wife says I snore a lot. He's like, it'll probably help that too. But he's like, I wouldn't go do a sleep study until after we get your testosterone leveled out because the testosterone might fix that. I'm like, all right, give me the cream, doc. All right, well, here's my buddy owns this pharmacy. You get the cream from there, right? He didn't say my buddy owns this pharmacy, but he did give me their brochure. He's like, here's where you can get your parking lot. I was like, <laughs> trunk of his car. Meyer Pharmacy is pretty good. Ah, you don't want to go there. You, here. And it's a compounding pharmacy, which means they make it on the spot, right, for you, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, all right. So I went, I was like, I'm going to get a second opinion. I went to Dr. Google, right? Mm. But I was like, first, I'll give this a chance. I'll get, I'll get the cream, put the cream on, I'll give this a chance. Went to Dr. Google, and Dr. Google basically said, testosterone supplementation in men whose testosterone has gotten lower due to their age, which is generally in late 40s, early 50s, your testosterone levels start to decrease. Mm -hmm. There has been no studies and there's no evidence that testosterone supplementation helps those men <laughs> with any symptoms, right? Um, and in fact, it can cause heart problems, <laughs> you know, these supplementing with this stuff. That, that's a potential side effect. So I read that. I gave it one more try. Didn't feel any different. <laughs> so sample size of one, I didn't feel any different. Mm -hmm. uh, and gave it up and just started thinking that epitomizes our healthcare system. <laughs> you got a guy who, and this is what, this is the conversation I was having where it's like, you had the money, the privilege, the, the time, the whatever to go to medical school. Mm -hmm. Right. But ain't no way you wanted to be in an ER or getting called in on a weekend or yeah. have, you know, be on call in case something happens with a patient or whatever. Mm -hmm. but you love the golf 
club membership, the nice cars, the nice house in the suburbs, the trophy wife. You love all that stuff, right? Kids in private schools. So what do you do as a doctor, right? This is perfect. Do the urology uh, rotation, set up an office where all you do is have people come in, sit down, prescribe them something that they probably get from a pharmacy that you probably own part of mm-hmm. and keep scheduling those appointments at $175 a pop. If their insurance company pays for it, all the better, because now you're not having to convince them to keep coming back, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just every three months, we'll check your numbers. Every three months, we'll check your number. Here, let me renew your thing, right? The longest that guy would ever have spent with me was probably that initial appointment where I asked a bunch of questions. From then on, it'd be like, oh, your numbers are looking good. Let's keep it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> keep going. Mm-hmm. And I'm, that's our healthcare system. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's our healthcare system. It's broke. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And unfortunately, there's not a doctor available to fix it. I'm drinking Cafe Bustelo myself. Breakfast of champions. We pay in in the United States, and I'm sure we're not alone in this, but we're one of the worst. (laughs) We pay way more of our GDP on healthcare. Mm -hmm. And our outcomes by any objective measurement are way worse. Mm-hmm. The only good thing about our healthcare system is no matter where your company, like if you have a pharmaceutical company or a medical device company, and you're trying to develop a new device or a new uh, medicine, the first market you wanna go into is the United States mm-hmm. because they will pay more. That's where the money is. And I've talked yeah. to them about this. This isn't me making this up or reading it on some obscure thing. I've talked to the owners and founders of companies uh, who have new products, and I'm like, mm-hmm. they're based in Scotland or Australia or wherever. And I'm like, well, what brings you here? And they're like, this is where the market is. I was like, they have a market back home. Well, back home, people don't pay as much. <laughs> yeah, uh, because the government controls it or whatever. And so we have to come here so we can make money on our new stuff. So that's the only benefit to me is we're subsidizing the R&D budget (laughs) of companies all over the world. Yep. At the expense of worse outcomes in our health. And we don't get to use that money for other stuff. Like, I don't know, education, (laughs) uh, housing, (laughs) food. Uh, Where's that Maslow's chart? (laughs) (laughs) Stuff lower down the line. So anyway. Other than that, I haven't really thought much about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. When you have kids, man, you can't help but think about this shit on the daily. Yeah. Because right. from from the get go, yeah, you know, the stuff doesn't make sense when you take, you know, when when as soon as you start taking your kids into the doctors, you start noticing that there's a there's just a disconnect, and there's just um, like why ever since um. A while back, you and I were talking about how we were talking about the school administration and how nobody, nobody ever woke up one day and said, that's what I want to do. Nobody ever, people like, people want to be teachers. They want to be firefighters, astronauts, whatever. Nobody wants to be a office administrative position. They just realize they can do it 
because it takes a minimal amount of work. That they've got they've got what it takes to do the minimum to get to get paid basically and then retire. Yeah, you start noticing that opening. right away. <laughs> What's that? There was a job opening in the, yes, to get there was a job off. opening. So um, the other the other piece of this. So the first half was like the unnecessary. Unnecessary care built in the system that's more expensive than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. That is if the system works the way it's supposed to work, right? Mm-hmm. So, even in the ideal world where the systems kind of work in the way it's designed, you've got too much is like we're supposed to know. Like, I'm supposed, like, I could just hear the free market people going. Well, you didn't have to go to the urologist, you know, you, you could have done your own research and figured out that it wasn't, you know, you didn't have to go pay that money. You chose to go see that urologist and I'm going to go. So I can't believe my doctor. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't just go to a doctor and have them go, I'm the expert and I've done the calculations and here's what you need. I got to go. I, I, oh. I think it's been, I think it's been more than proven that, uh, <laughs> clearly we, you you know people think you can't trust what the doctors say anyway so it's the first thing anybody does when they get a major diagnosis they go do the research right mm-hmm, they go to mm-hmm. google figure out i'm going to learn everything i can about this That's it's like yes you should you absolutely should because you can't believe your doctor because <laughs> <laughs> if you go to a carpenter and ask them how to fix a door, you're going to get a carpenter solution, right? Yeah. When really, what you may need is a is a, a, a new a door, YouTube video. a YouTube, YouTube video. video. Um, okay, so that's if everything works like it's supposed to. By the way, I don't know if you noticed this; things don't work like they're supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff gets lost, like appointments get jumbled. So, uh. They lose appointments, mm-hmm. right? They give you the wrong date. Whether it's supposed to be Zoom or in person, they get that mixed up. Mm-hmm. The doctor will know, but the front desk person won't know. They get medications mixed up. Like they mm-hmm. prescribe the wrong stuff. Yeah, that's happened they, to my parents a lot. They will prescribe the right stuff, and the pharmacy will give you the wrong stuff, mm-hmm. right? And this is just outpatient things. It's been well documented and well studied that the absolute worst place to be for your health is a hospital (laughs) (laughs) because there are so many errors made on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, Millions of people die every year. Millions. It's at least hundreds of thousands. I don't know. I could look up the statistic, but it's huge how many people die every year from medical errors. And we don't think this is a problem. (laughs) <laughs> in our society. Well, that's that's just the way it is. Back in the 70s when plane, you know, seemed like every week another plane was dropping out of the air, right? <laughs> like it was nothing to turn on the TV and be like, you know, the 93 all 93 passengers and crew aboard were killed, you know, crashed into the ocean, whatever, right? Cuz there were mistakes and everybody just took it as it's a risk of flying, right? Because people make mistakes, things break down and stuff, right? Statistically speaking, it's still the safest way to travel. When was the last time you heard about a commercial domestic airline crashing in the United States? I mean, by accident? Either. Actually, I would I would go with either, by accident or on purpose. It, like, it, you can't it, think of it. I can't think of the no, last time. No, no. I want to say it was like uh, 2000. 
three or something that something broke on a plane and it crashed in New York. Yeah, when Tom, when Tom Hanks landed the uh, plane in the. Oh, then there was that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom Hanks, <laughs> Sully. I call him Sully. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the the thing is, it almost never happens now because mm-hmm. the airline industry figured out ways to reduce errors and ways to do. And we could go into what those were. It's been well documented. One of the biggest philosophies behind that was anytime there's a mistake, whether it's mechanical or a person makes a mistake, a pilot, doesn't matter who makes the mistake, we immediately communicate it out. Mm-hmm. The person the person owns up to the mistake, gets no consequences unless they did something on purpose, like that yeah. time Denzel Washington drank all those um what did he drink? Gin and juice? Or was it vodka and uh, vodka and orange juice, I think? And flew that plane upside down. Which, by the oh. way, nobody died. He seemed to... I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I'm still on Denzel's side, especially after you got John Goodman with a suitcase full of drugs, right? To straighten him out just before the hearing. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, unless they did something on purpose, right? You don't suffer consequences if you make a mistake, because if you suffer consequences you're less likely to report, right? So it's like radically transparent reporting of errors. Yes. So that everybody else gets to learn from your mistake. Mm -hmm. And if it's a systemic thing, which it often is, it can get addressed and fixed. The healthcare system is the exact opposite of that. (laughs) If you make a mistake, every incentive out there is to cover it up, blame somebody else. Hopefully nobody finds out about it kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Which leads to Others making the same mistake, the system doesn't get fixed, uh, nothing ever gets better, right? Yeah. That's hospitals, that's how, and the, there's that whole culture of doctors are gods, um, yes. and they can do no wrong because they're the doctor. Gets perpetuated year after year, the way medical schools are run and all that. This isn't, you know, show about that. We could get into lots of detail around that. Um, mm-hmm. But the point being, tons of errors are made, and you can tell some hospitals are worse than others. <laughs> and you tell how bad they are by how, what's your interaction like with the front desk? Mm-hmm. If you call, like they're like, uh, I sent your referral over to that department. You call that department, do they immediately know? Or do they go, um, let me check this other system. Um, mm, I'm not seeing it here. And then you got to call back to the other one. Hey, did you send that referral? Yeah. Uh, they must not have seen it yet. You call back over there. Did you get the referral? Oh, yeah, it was in the other system. We usually use this system, but they put it in this other system. It's like, or the appointment gets screwed up or anything like that. Those are just like administrative errors, right? Yeah. That's just the surface. You know that they're making medical errors on Mm -hmm. the back end as well. Yeah. So, but nobody's working on it. Like nobody, like by nobody, I mean not enough people, like, nobody's acknowledging the problem right. if you if you bring it up to them which i do often and loudly um <laughs> i call it making a fool of myself <clears throat> and i've even told them that's what i call it i said i got to come in here and make a fool of myself to get you guys to, to do this the correct way we're so sorry oh i'm sorry we don't intend and i'm like look i'm not it's not a character flaw you work within a flawed system mm-hmm. so i'm just telling you in order to make things happen correctly my process is to yell and scream and so it's okay don't go home feeling bad <laughs> maybe talk to your bosses and see if there's a way to fix the system but yeah. 
Meanwhile, my process is to jump up and down, wave my arms and scream. That's my process. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how you do it, folks. Now that is how to do the right thing when things are hard, because if you're dealing with medical stuff, Mm -hmm. That's how you get yourself to the top of the queue. That's how you make sure the right thing is done. You have to pay close attention to what they're prescribing, what they're recommending for treatment. You look at, you have to think about their incentives, like and how they do their job. By the way, their incentive is to get you out of there as quick as they can. Yes. And to not get sued. Yeah. Those two things sort of balance each other out because if they get the sense that something might go wrong, they'll keep you in there longer to ask more questions. They will never admit an error. <laughs> mm -hmm. If you ask why didn't that referral make it over there, they'll never say, I forgot. They'll never say it slipped, it slipped through the cracks. They'll never say anything. They'll just say, well, it should be there now. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Cause that happened to me with a prescription back in the, back in the day uh, when my kids were smaller, you know, <laughs> the, the, the plan was leave the doctor's office, take the kid back home. Mm -hmm go back to the pharmacy, pick up the prescription, come home. Mm -hmm. Well, you get there and the script's not there. Yeah. And then you go back to the doctor. You have to stand around. It's, it's, a, it's, a, you know, how when you're like at Burger King or something and you're, you, you need to pack a ketchup because the machine's empty mm -hmm. and you stand there and you stand there and you know, you're a person and you know, people see you, but they like kind of, they're like avoiding yeah. eye contact with you the whole time. You have to stand there, and that's what it feels like, because you know there's people coming in and out that the people are that the assistants and whatnot are dealing with, and you got to just stand there and stand there and stand there, and then you finally explain it to them, and they're like, like, okay, it should be there now. It's like so you, you forgot. You, it should be there now. You you forgot to do that thing. You had, as far as I'm concerned, you have one job. It's like when when I was in high school, I had a teacher. Uh, several actually, but I had a teacher who, uh, um, I didn't get, I didn't get the, the homework done that night. And he's like, I don't care. I, I, I told him, I didn't get it done because I had all this other homework to do. He goes, I don't care about that homework. It's this homework I care about. So it's kind of the reverse of that when, when dealing with these people, it's like, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, all your other jobs aren't as important to me as that one job you're supposed to do for me. And then by extension, you're, you're supposed to be doing this for everybody else. And you're probably not doing that either. Yeah. If I'm the, like, what, what is the sample of one? <laughs> yeah. So you're probably not doing it for anybody. That's why, that's why you got to jump up and down and make a fool out of yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that's how you get served at a busy bar, right? You walk up to the bar and uh, the, you got to have, a, you got to have some cash in your hand. Mm -hmm like this and you got to make a fool out of yourself to get yep. the bartender's attention i yeah. feel bad for the bartender of course i do right it's not their fault the owner didn't call in enough bartenders today <laughs> not their fault and i feel bad for them and i will tip them but i also want my drink <laughs> yeah i mean why do you why do you think when we we flag down waitresses we go yo nurse <laughs> you know <laughs> noise noise <laughs> <laughs> nice. maybe our good friend Polly v the male nurse will weigh in um, cause uh, I one way you can, him on the show. <laughs> you know, one way you can tell how employees are treated is watch how they treat customers. Right. Mm -hmm. And you will get the nicest waitress who 
treats you well, but has to apologize all the time because your order's late or, you know, something got mixed up in the kitchen or whatever, right? So you're like, that's a nice person, but the way we're getting served here is not great because mm-hmm. we're not getting our order on time or it's getting mixed up or whatever. Um, I'll bet she hates her job <laughs> because I'll bet they treat her the way she's having to treat us because of the way the system is set up. Mm-hmm. So like Polly V can weigh in, maybe he works at a great place. Like I suspect there's a hospital in town that's actually close to us called Community Health. And we've gotten nothing. Like every time I've been there, it's been a positive experience. Mm-hmm. Like they know what's going on. The stuff in their system is correct. Um, just It just seems like they got their act together, right? And then mm-hmm. I've asked people, I've met people who are nurses or technicians or whatever there and ask them how they like it. And they love it. They're like, I love working there. They treat us so well. It's great culture. You know, I'm like, see, there's something to that. Yeah. I noticed uh, there was a, there was a, uh, there was a really interesting shift in the uh, kind of help that I've been getting at my doctor recently. Uh, I, okay. You know, COVID hit. I didn't, you know, what doctor, what's the doctor? I'm not going to a doctor. <laughs> And I got a phone call and this was like about a year and a half in. And she's like, we noticed you haven't been in for, you know, you haven't been in lately. I'm like, I think, you know, why? She's like, yeah, but you know, it it practically practically begs me to come in because apparently the office is empty. (laughs) Well, so I go in and it's just for like a, a, a routine checkup, you know, to see if everything still works and then to see what they can prescribe for me. And who they can refer me to, and I'm the they're running around like chickens with their heads cut off behind the counter and behind you know behind the glass. And there's a whole bunch of people I've never seen before in there. And I've been going there for a couple of years up to this point. And so I finally get into the room, and the 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 new guy comes in and he's checking my vitals and stuff. And I'm like, are you like are are you a a temp? Are, are you a temporary assistance? And he's like, no, we just had a lot of people quit recently. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I know what this is about. He goes, yeah. I said, well, so you people that, that are in here now actually believe in science. <laughs> and I, and the crazy part about it is, or the not so crazy, the crazy, the, the crazy predictable part is. So I started looking around and, and the next couple of visits started look, watching who was who the new people were and who they replaced and thinking back. Yeah. The, like, okay. Like the one, um, like the behavioral therapist came in cause they do that. And it was a different person. And I'm like, uh, huh. Because I had a sneaky suspicion that the old one was the kind of person who wouldn't have, who, who would have, we'll just say voted a certain way. Mm. Didn't believe in a certain kind of science you know, the, you know, in other words, science. And ever since then, my, my uh, experiences there have been much more productive. Mm. So again, it's just a lot of, a lot of the people on the other side of that glass seem to occupy a large part of the problem. Yeah. Yep. And uh, a, they don't pay them enough and B the system isn't designed um, properly. So, and they're all heroes. And but they're all heroes. <laughs> but what do we know? 
<laughs> we're just better off dad with Paul and Steve trying to do the right thing when things are hard. It shouldn't be this hard. <laughs> and, if, and if it ain't, try the cream. I want to know who went. You know, we've been we've been giving these guys shots for years. What if we rubbed it on them? <laughs> like, what, which came for? What if we rubbed it on them? <laughs> and now the rubbing it on you, you got to do it. You got to rub it on. You got to rub it out. Rub it on every day, as opposed uh-huh. to like once a week if you do the shot. So if you mm-hmm. insert, it's once a week. If you're rubbing it, it's uh, once a day. Yeah, that seems about right.